Hey, Against the Call listeners, for all you super fans, we now have merch. They are soft and comfortable shirts. They're $25 and come with a free out-of-pocket sports and Against the Call sticker. Every purchase goes towards better equipment, merch, and better utilities for Against the Call and out-of-pocket sports. To purchase, contact either Michael or Nick. Hey guys, we are happy to announce we have our second sponsorship with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a mobile-focused ticket platform that enables users to buy and sell tickets for live sports, concerts, and theater events. Use code ATC for $20 off your first purchase. Hey, Against the Call listeners, you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, and YouTube. There will be a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you tune into those. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Against the Call, everyone. This is a special episode that we have planned here. We have Leo Rodriguez from the Sons of UCF podcast. He also has credentials with UCF to go to all the press conferences, the NFL Pro Day for UCF, and a bunch of other stuff. Leo, man, thank you so much for joining on today's episode. How's your day going so far? And it's been great. It was, uh, well, thank you guys for having me on, first of all. Um, you know, I, I respect everything you guys are starting out with against the call and and um, big fan of you guys uh, so far. So uh, keep it up. And no, this morning, man, uh, we had spring 11, uh, practice 11 for the football team. So um, our team was out there, Trace. I don't, I don't know if you guys know Trace, but yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's out there and he's active. You know, he's getting uh, videos of, of what's going on with the QB competition and what's going on with the football program. So, and also the press conference that we had uh, Chauncey Magwood uh, transfer coming from Kentucky, and you know, he gave in a little bit of insight what the offense is going on. And uh, you know, it's it's uh it's been an interesting spring so far, and we're just one two days away from. You oh know, yeah, being off spring uh, football uh, game, so I'm uh, pretty excited about that. Yeah, how excited are you for the UCF spring football game? Like, who are you looking at, watching the most, and what are you most excited about? Oh man, that's a it's a pretty broad question. But if I had to really pick what I'm most excited about, it's that it's got to be the passing game has to be the passing game because I know what the team is capable of doing on the ground. You got guys like R.J. Harvey. You got guys, you know, like. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard DeMarcus Bowman before, you know, being oh, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got those guys back there. Right. And, and uh, what they did last year, obviously the the offensive line is not what it was last year. Cause you know, had guys transfer out and leave to, to the NFL. But um, the bottom line is if we can throw the ball and get it downfield, uh, spread it, you know, get it to guys like Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson, this is going to be a very exciting offense. And, uh, you know, I think that's really the, the, the bottom line for, for Friday's spring game is seeing the, the ball fly. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Knots versus Knights this Friday. It's going to be exciting times. I already saw Trace kind of posting a picture of the field as they're spray painting and all that good stuff. Now, you know, we'll get more into uh, football and other sports like that. But, you know, we want to ask questions about you personally. You know, we appreciate for coming on the show and, one of our first questions for you would be, how were you able to join the UC- Sons of UCF crew? Oh, that's an interesting story. And you guys are actually the first people to ask me how this all went down because it all started with an email to not even them. It wasn't them. So I was very interested because they had a guest come on. I don't know if you guys remember the Spanish broadcasters. They came on the Sons of UCF and, you know, their their clips went viral for broadcasting in Spanish and making the the – the calls in Spanish. And I was like, okay, because I, I know Spanish and I'm actually one of my majors is Spanish. And I was like, wow, like I like to, you know, call games in Spanish and get in the booth and, you know, kind of see what what goes on behind the scenes. And and I got in contact with Carlo Borges and he was on the on the Sons of UCF that uh that week prior to the Cincinnati game. And we communicated and he's like, hey, yeah, sure. You know, come on onto the broadcasting booth. We'll show you around. And I was like, oh, this is pretty neat. So I got the opportunity to go uh, and, and broadcast with the Spanish team. And then after that, uh, Carlos subtly, he said, hey, you might want to message the guys over at Sunday UCF. I didn't know what for. I did not know exactly what, you know, uh, they wanted me for, but I did it. Uh, turned out to be one of the best decisions. I, I love the guys. I Adam, Mike, I mean, Trace, they've been phenomenal um, ever since I joined. And, and uh, 
it's been it's been a ride this is like back in october so yeah. you know i've kind of been you know slowly um kind of integrating myself into ucf twitter and, and <laughs> breaking breaking news and stuff so yeah i know you're one of those reliable sources we got on there i always see you posting i'm like that's Thank that you. guy right there leo <laughs> mike what's the question you got uh mine's gonna go more into the football season so what are your thoughts on the upcoming uh season for ucf my thoughts are that I'm looking at the, the football team set a goal for wins. I think that's important. I think you have to hit six wins. You are coming into the Big 12. You have to kind of make a statement. And I think a statement is saying, hey, I belong in this conference. You know, getting to a bowl game is huge. You're making a step from, you know, being in the G5 to the P5. So look no more than making a bowl game. So if if I'm looking forward to to UCF this season is making sure we win the games that we're supposed to win. Exactly. So get getting those go, those wins, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, well, Boise State, that's a tricky game. I think that's a very winnable game if you really, mm-hmm. you know, uh, think about it. But there's a lot of tough games on the schedule. We got to go to Oklahoma. We have to face teams like Cincinnati at Cincinnati. You know, those are those are really tough games. So. Um, We'll see. Um, but yeah, just looking forward to winning those games that we're supposed to win. That's really the bottom line for me. Yeah, uh, we were uh, grateful enough to have UCF football updates on at one point. And, you know, he gave us a lot of good insight. And uh, one of our insights for you was, you know, with him, he kind of predicted we got we have like eight wins or six to eight wins. So for you, uh, Leo, what would be your ceiling for the team record wise? And what would be your floor for the team record wise i want to uh do a huge uh little shout out to to alan because i keep up with ucf he's actually one of the first people that i started interacting on instagram with uh for ucf football so he does some really good content on instagram so shout out to alan (laughs) and um for me man ceiling for this team i would say eight to nine eight to nine wins yeah i'm hearing a lot i'm hearing a lot of that Eight to nine wins is ceiling, which I think is it's uh, very realistic mm-hmm. yeah. um, to get eight wins. Now, you know, last year the team had some games where it could have gone kind of either way. Like that Louisville game, I don't know if you guys remember the Louisville game early yeah. on in the season. It was 2014 forever from the since the uh, second half, since the start of the second half, it was 20 to 14. The mm-hmm. offense just failed to capitalize over and over and over again. So stuff like that gets corrected in some of these games that we, you know, we're gonna have uh, moving forward in the, in the season. I think we can, you know, get achieve those eight to nine nine wins. But uh, ceiling, that's that's got to be it. Eight to nine. Now, moving on to the floor, um, I can see the team. I can see the team either going four to eight, four and eight, or even five and seven. I can see that being a possibility. Mm-hmm. So four and eight, five and seven, um, there will be games in there that are trap games that I think they, that they think that they'll be able to handle. One of those to keep an eye on is West Virginia. When they come, when they come to the bounce house, yes, it's a home game. I like to think that the bounce house is one of the best home field advantages in college football. I really do. Last year, obviously, the Louisville game and the Navy game was atrocious. That cannot happen next season. That cannot happen. You have no excuses for that happening. So when West Virginia coming to town, careful with that one, along with some other Big 12 teams that are coming into town, you got to really, you know, tiptoe. Yeah, and that's very, very valid to say. And with, you know, these big teams coming into our territory, how are you feeling about the tailgating scene and how are you feeling about just the bounce house in general getting a little bouncy? Yeah, you, you, you I think you hit it on the nail. It's it's going to feel real bouncy because <laughs> the thing is the, the P5 status for UCF is going to be such a huge help just because, you know, now you don't have G5 teams like, for example, nobody's going to come watch, I don't know, Memphis at home. You know, they're not a team you want to watch but next thing you know you got i don't know oklahoma state coming you know to town that's a that's a big time game you know for ucf uh going to the and that will fill the bounce house so i think 
you can expect for in-conference games, the bounce house to be packed. I mean, the bounce house has to be sold out every Big 12 conference home game. It has to. Like, there's no excuse. UCF got here, and now that it's here to, to in P5 status, you have to demonstrate why it belongs. And that also goes for the fan base. Mm-hmm. Now, tailgate season, I don't think that's ever a concern here around UCF. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, that's another big problem. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and put the, the fans on blast real quick because I'm sure you guys have heard it. Fans go to the tailgates, but they don't show up to the games. Mm-hmm. Or they show up to the games first quarter, second quarter, and they're gone. That has to stop. That has to stop. You guys got to start acting like a, a P5 football school, you know? So, yeah, you know, I agree. Um, so you, you, you guys, I'm sure you, have you guys been a Ben Hill Griffin? Uh, I've been there, but not at a game. I do know how great of the atmosphere it is. Now you've been yeah. to one, right? Yeah. I've been to one game there. Yeah. Yeah. So the atmosphere, I don't, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, outside of the conference, I can get it. Cause sometimes with the FCS opponents, I, I totally understand those games. Uh, but when it comes to in-conference games, Ben Hill is packed first quarter all the way to the fourth. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's a good game there, you know, so UCF and its fans, they really have to step it up in that department and, you know, stay consistent. I think it's the consistency, even when the team goes kind of, you know, on a downslope, just stay hang in there with a the team. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my opinion on that. So No, I agree with you 100%. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I fell victim to it. I hope you can forgive me. I had to leave that Navy game. I'm sorry, Leo. But I <laughs> oh, no. To. I mean, it also depends because out of frustration, as a fan, being as a fan talking, I probably would have left the Navy game. That's that's a very infuriating loss um, as a UCF fan, you know, looking at it in that in that view. Um, but, man, uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you, Nick. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I remember you. you getting up and just, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's too hot for this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Anyways, out of all the most exciting games we have this season, what are you most excited for? What school are you most excited for us to play? I know it might result in a loss, um, but what it means to the program, UCF, um, Oklahoma away, that has to be has to be circled on everybody's calendar. Yep. You are making a step to the Big 12, and now you get to travel to Norman and face, I would consider Oklahoma blue blood in, in college football. So – you you were in Division Two. You were in FCS school in 1996. All of a sudden, in 2023, you're facing Oklahoma in a conference game. That is that is huge for the school. Yes. I'm sure you guys have heard the talk. You know, it's it's the climax for for UCF has come very quick. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Oklahoma game just because of all of what it means uh, facing a, a blue blood in, in conference. Yeah, and I agree. They're one of the biggest powerhouses in all of college football. And on top of that, you know, the Dylan Gabriel situation. Yep. Right. That would mean a lot if we did get that win in Norman. Absolutely. You're 100% right. And I didn't mention Dylan Gabriel, um, obviously, because, you know, he's no longer a part of UCF and whatnot. But he's a uh, – I feel like to a lot of UCF fans, it's a little bit of saltiness there. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, this was my fir- this last season was my first season uh, covering UCF. You know, fully. You know, I I got to see what uh, what UCF football was really about. And the previous year, the when uh, Gabriel got injured, I think it was against the Cincinnati Cincinnati game. He got injured. Um, I I I mean, I knew he was. I knew he was gone. I knew he was gone. And it's gonna mean a whole lot if UCF can pull out a W even though it's highly unlikely, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to doubt, doubt the team just yet. Yeah. We'll need a little bit of a miracle, but I think it can happen. And on top of that, you did mention uh, how quick of the climax has been for UCF getting there. They are the youngest team to ever make a power five conference. Uh, So that plays a big role in today's game, Michael. Yeah. There, UCF have had its struggles with quarterbacks leaving. What are your thoughts on Mikey Keene leaving? Oh man, I didn't think I didn't think you'd ask me that, but I'm glad you did. Just because Mikey, in what I've seen from him and what I saw from him, um, 
at UCF, I thought he was a good quarterback. I really think he's a solid quarterback. Um, there's obviously some things here and there that he needs to fix, but I don't think he's far off from being a prototypical professional NFL quarterback. I don't think so. I, 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 that might sound wild. And there's a reason he went to Fresno State. I don't know if you guys know, but guess who else came from Fresno State? Wait, wait, wait. Give me a second. Does he have red hair? Negative. He's a quarterback in the NFL. He just actually yeah. signed, signed a new deal with the Saints. Yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah. Derek uh, Carr. Wow. Yeah. So just looking at the landscape of what Fresno State was or, you know, and is, they're an air raid offense. Um, and I think Mikey King can flourish in that. And he knows – he knows he can flourish. That's why he would, you know, he would transfer there in the first place. Um, but I was, I was a little bit down when he left. Um, I thought he could have gave this group of guys and, and Timmy McLean, Thomas Castellanos, uh, and JRP competition, really good competition. Just because now that Darren Hinshaw wants to spread the ball and throw the ball around, mm-hmm. we saw what Mikey could do. Uh, while he was QB, and I thought he would have fit the Hinshaw offense, although we haven't really seen a lot of McLean and Castellanos throw the ball in this offense. And obviously everything's going to change because of the new offensive coordinator and whatnot. So there's still a lot to be seen. But as far as Mikey Keene, I was a little sad about him leaving, but I wish him the best of luck at Fresno State, and hopefully he, he makes it to the next level. Yeah, and yeah. with Hinshaw throwing the ball, that's the kind of offense I love. Uh, I love just the air raid. I love the ball in the air, throwing the ball. And, you know, throughout the season, JRP has struggled being a little consistent with throwing the ball. So I'm hoping that that works out with Henshaw, you know, being a UCF alum. I feel like that's a great addition to the coaching staff. How are you feeling about Henshaw in general? I mean, what he's telling us at the press conferences, it's, you know, it's encouraging. I think that when he says he's working on the principles and, and on just the simple things uh, from from the quarterback where it's, you know, moving in the pocket, uh, working on your footwork, um, staying poised in the pocket, which is something the quarterback struggled with last year. Even Castellanos, he got a little bit of happy feet. And, you know, as soon as he felt the, the, the rush, it was, okay, I got to get out the pocket and, and extend the play, which is, it's just very valid in some cases. But there are cases where you got to just stick in there in the pocket and, and sling it or make the right decision. It doesn't always have to be a complete pass, mm-hmm. but you can either check down to the running, running back or just get rid of it, you know, get rid of it in a smart way. So I think that Hinshaw is really implementing that and, and making sure that, you know, it's it's the simple things that are getting done right first. And then, as he's mentioned in his pressers, you know, then install and take the training wheels off the bike and you know, start doing little tricks and whatnot. So that's, uh, you know, he's, he's, I think he's got a good plan going into, to the, uh, into the season. And I'm excited to see what quarterback he picks. Cause ultimately, um, believe it or not, from, from my sources, he's the one in charge of, you know, picking that quarterback, that QB one. So interesting. Yeah. It's cool to see him have that power in that sense. And, uh, you know, with you being in press conferences and a lot of things, you've talked with some cool people, um, if you guys don't already know, Sons of UCF, the podcast slash brand, whatever you want to call it, that uh, Leo gets to work for, in my opinion, I think in a lot of people's opinion, the best source of UCF news out there for show show wise and everything like that. So um, with Sons of UCF, you had the great honor and privilege of interviewing Shaquem Griffin. And yeah. me and Mike got to ask you right now, how was that experience? I mean, I've said it repetitively to people. He's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Like that is the first impression you get of Shaquem Griffin. He's just uh, he's a giant teddy bear, man. Like yeah, he, played he played linebacker in the NFL, and he'll you know he'll pack a punch. <laughs> but guess what? He's he's very he's, he's a genuine human being. Um, for just giving me the time to you know it was only eight minutes that he gave me and. And he was willing to do it. He also came to, to school to talk to um, people with disabilities, you know, and, and how important it is to persevere and through all that adversity in his life story. So, yeah, I mean, Shaquem Griffin, that opportunity, that was great. And I didn't shy away from it. I knew he, this this would be a good opportunity, um, not only for myself, but, you know, for the sons of UCF and, and 
having you know his name uh linked to us it, it's great awesome awesome stuff Michael. yeah you've met since you mentioned shakeen griffin i want to ask you that any other cool experiences or players you've met coaches even i mean and as far as ucf or just in general in well, general in in sports oh man uh well when i was a little kid i don't know if this counts but this will always stick in my memory um i met alex rodriguez and Derek jeter at a Rays game so that's you know i was 12 i was 12 at the time but uh i tell you that was one of the most unforgettable experiences i'm a huge yankee fan for those of you guys who don't know um so yeah that was, as far as ucf is concerned though um jrp man let me tell you that guy he's uh he gets a lot of criticism and i and i'm gonna be unbiased deservingly so sometimes because of his play on the field um maybe not all his fault but you know he's a great guy too just like shakeem griffin he's he's a genuine guy he's uh he's for the people and you know he's a he's a tremendous athlete on top of all that so just getting to meet him too was was a cool experience a little jrp hype and with you um talking about Derek Jeter and A Rod, uh, did they get your autograph? I have, yeah, I have a back. It's it at my in my. Uh, actually, my parents. I told you, my parents are from Lakeland, so it's back at my parents' house. He has a little box in the balls signed. That's awesome. So, but did they get your autograph? Oh no! no. <laughs> hey, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think I would. I would end up, you know, being the the popular image I am now. But you know. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome stuff. Um, so we talked about this a little bit before you joined, just clearing up the air. What do you hate most about USF? <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna keep it PG, man. Uh, <laughs> that's hard to do with um, USF. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, I think being in Tampa. I think that's <laughs> the main thing is that they are the University of South Florida, yet they are in tampa <laughs> that is, that's the literally my only peppy with, with usf but you know other than that i don't really have much to to say about it just because um i grew up a gator fan and this is another thing i wanted to add on guys uh i've kind of you know been all around the state i, I was at uf um i was at fau before i came here to ucf so mm -hmm. i have a very broad spectrum of opinions i don't i'm not biased so you know uf is going to get the smoke too you know like usf everybody's going to get the smoke FAU, if, if something's going wrong i will not i'm not going to be biased about it i will say what's going wrong i'm not you know i think that's i think that's what makes me um you know i wouldn't say better than the rest but just a little bit of unbiased because i see a lot of uh maybe journalists that kind of have a self-attachment to the the school that they're covering or whatever and mm -hmm. Yeah, I might say we and all that, but it, on the inside, everybody has a fan base that, you know, a fan, uh, a team that they support. So, yeah. you know, it's good to have that mentality because in journalism, you need people that are willing to give you the facts, despite them maybe going to that school or being a fan, right. you know, deep down. And the only things that me and Michael can be biased about on the show is the guests we have. I think that <laughs> we're pretty biased towards our guests. Uh, but I will say that, um, Anytime that me and Mike might be a little bit biased on here, it's all a joke, uh, especially with UCF. <laughs> uh, I think we could be very you. biased about that. But, man, we respect you 100% for the work that you do with being unbiased and giving the facts straight up. And, uh, yeah, and you gave the straight up facts about USF. I mean, yeah, they're they're UCF. Uh, we're Tampa's hometown team, too, UCF. Is. <laughs> yeah, it, straight up. That's that's it. Obviously, you know, um, I, like you guys said, being biased is, you know, sometimes it's fun, you know, and, and sometimes it's a joke. So um, hopefully people don't take it too hard. But yeah, I like to keep things. I like to keep things when it when it gets serious, when things, you know, I'm not going to mention this quite yet. Maybe you guys are going to bring it up. But, you know, things going on in the baseball program at UCF, you know, stuff like that, that things that are being done wrong, not just at that level, but, you know, Maybe the team isn't performing how they're supposed to. Like you have to call it how it is, and you also have to ask those hard questions. You know, why why is the team performing the way it's performing? You know, um, so yeah, that's that's my take on that. Yeah. So, uh, so while we're on the top of USF, how why are you feeling on uh, the rivalry coming to an end for now? Maybe not in the future, but for now, 
for the next couple of seasons. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's good. Yeah. I know a lot of people might not think that, yeah, it's the proximity, you know, mm-hmm. Tampa, Orlando and whatnot, but just to give the rivalry a break, the rivalry, just, I think there it's kind of one-sided when it comes to some sports, mm-hmm. but um, it, just to give it a break, I think it, I think the rivalry does need a break. I think right now uh, UCF being dominant for the last however many years in, in football um, obviously, you know, USF has had some good football years too. Not that they've not had good football years, but, um, there's been a lot of domination on UCF. So I think it's time to put it aside mm-hmm. time for UCF to focus on the big 12 and USF just kind of focus on themselves from going from the American to a power five conference. So I think that it's, it's good overall. So it's time to give little bro a break. I think we've been beating <laughs> up on him a little too much. And like you like you mentioned, like there are some sports that we are better at than them and they could be better at than us. But I think I saw something now. Don't fully quote me. I think it was the last five or seven years are record wise for every single sport combined. We've beat them by like tr- like double digits. Like with all of our records, tennis, golf, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's very dominant and that's actually you're actually the first guest ucf related that we've have on that uh is kind of like yeah i'm not going to miss it that much and you're completely right you know we need to and we need to focus on the bigger picture ahead of us you know usf's a little bro let's leave him in the past let's move on (laughs) yeah yeah no that's how i feel about that and and it also differs for every fan because there might be some you know attachment from watching the team for however many years right and that's just not me. And, and I admit it. I'm not going to be out here and be like, I'm, I'm a UCF fan since 2002, 2003. You know, it's just not who I was and who I am. But uh, I think, yeah, focusing on the picture, on the big picture is important. You know, it's <laughs> move on. So I agree. Um, yeah. Mike, what were you going to say something? For the Big 12, who do you think our new r- big rival is going to be? Oof, uh, I'm going to say Cincinnati. Just because there already is history there. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other potential rivals in, you know, in, in, on the horizon. Mm-hmm. But I just think that with what we've established with Cincinnati in the previous conference, it's uh it sets up a good rivalry going forward. Um, I see there is a little bit of a of a grudge there on Twitter and you know, you know, fans going back and forth. So oh, yeah. It can intensify in the Big 12, and and from the looks of it, this you know home and away every year. Hey, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big rivalry. So look look the, uh, out for that one. But if you want me to give you a Big 12 rivalry that could be a new one, mm-hmm. for some reason, I want to say West Virginia could be that that school that could kind of you know become a, a rival. Um, not really sure what makes me think that maybe because it's the most Eastern uh, big 12 school, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I, I feel like they could, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be a good matchup. I think a West yeah. Virginia UCF can match up very well. So we'll see. I think, so. I think so too. And from being for, from West Virginia, we have a lot of trash talking to do to them. Uh, but <laughs> I will, I will say, um, yeah. And how do you feel about them? Kind of like the schedule makers, kind of making it out like our rival might be Houston because we do play them rivalry week uh, during the schedule. Do you think that that could turn into a rivalry? Yeah, I'm actually surprised Houston hasn't become like, so if I think if you ask any UCF fan, the consensus would be like, they hate you. uh, They hate Cincinnati more than they hate Houston. Mm -hmm. They would tell you that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of surprising that uh, Houston hasn't really formed this, you know, kind of rivalry, you know, intense rivalry with UCF. Not sure exactly why, maybe because we have, we don't face them constantly um, every year. Um, That could be it, but I could see, I could see it transforming into a rivalry. I think just because of the space programs in Houston and in Orlando, you know, Cape Canaveral, I think that could be a little bit of a fight. Basketball on the other hand is very dominant by Houston. So that's why maybe a little bit there's a there's a little bit of uh backing off by UCF fans cuz you know if we, if we take a in a spectrum I think you know all sports football 
basketball, and baseball, picking a rivalry with Houston is tough. We might be the little brothers there, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's dangerous because they, they're also a respectable football program. Obviously, UCF has had more success in recent years. And when Tom Herman was at Houston, he was a good coach and, you know, he led, led, led Houston to some really good seasons, but UCF has been the most successful football. Now, basketball, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. a little frustrating there, but yeah. Now, I, I'll touch on that in just a second, but I do want to say that I kind of, uh, this is me personally, I feel it's dumb that we're not put up against Cincinnati in the rivalry because we've had that going for a while. And then on top of that, I feel like Houston and Texas Tech could be a little bit better uh, with, you know, proximity wise and playing each other. I feel like that would have been a way better matchup. But you did mention basketball. And I have to say, how are you feeling about the Big 12 basketball team going from like UCF, you know, being in the American and now we're playing in the Big 12, arguably the best basketball conference that there is. How are you feeling about that? Uh, it's not a good feeling. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um quite concerning the fact that I don't know if you guys have been keeping up, but there's been a lot of transfers out of the mm -hmm. program and it could be, it could be very ugly if we don't kind of rebuild in a, in a rapid manner because we got teams attacking the portal quickly now and we have to also attack the portal quickly or else we're going to run out of quality. Next thing you know, we're going to go into the big 12 with and a, a subpar roster that might not get 10 wins. Yeah. And that's not a, that's not out of, you know, that's not out of reach, you know, for, for UCF. I think we're looking about a 10 win season, maybe even less if things don't go the right way in the off season. Um, now, a lot of this does not fall on Johnny Dawkins. The, the school also needs to kind of support and, you know, do NIL work. He also released a video yesterday about you know uh, donating into the kingdom nil and all that which is good stuff but there is not much excitement about basketball in the basketball program here so that's very concerning and, and this this team could become a punching bag if they don't take care of business and um, i'm a little bit concerned about that so it's not a good feeling joining the big 12 um on the bright side of things i'll be a little bit uh, positive here i think that moving to the big 12 could potentially help recruiting moving forward, you know, going against better competition. You're not in the American anymore, even though American has two really good teams in Memphis and Houston. Mm -hmm. um, now you're going against Kansas of the world's Iowa States, you know, it's a, uh, it's a big deal now, you know, it's um, premier conference, just like you said, Nick. So yeah, yeah it's uh, not a good feeling, but it's going to be a rough uh, ride the first few years. And I will say that, um, uh, just buckle up UCF fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was telling Michael and most of my friends that, you know, I see at UCF and stuff like that. I won't be surprised if they get 10 wins or less, just exactly like you said. And you hit it, you hit the nail on, you know, the school supporting it more. Um, I remember going to a game. I think it was on Sunday at like 2 PM. Come on guys. You know, church is out. You can, you can go to some games. Right. I, went, I went to right. a game at 2 PM and Pretty much empty in the student section. Of course, I made TV, of course, <laughs> because there wasn't that many people there. So, you know, we need to start going to more of those games, get the boys sport. And like you said, it opens up a world of opportunities for transfers. And on top of that, the increase in money that we will be receiving for our athletic program and for the school in general, that should most definitely help with facilities, coaching payments, if we want to make some moves there, um, you know, and certain things like that. So, that's obviously big. So are you um, kind of, are you kind of saying that we should start poo? Oh man. man <laughs> right there. Uh, I would give, I would give poo a six man uh, uh, position if I were the coach. <laughs> I think no serious talk, you know, poo. Uh, I think he offers a uh, good spirit to the team and that's always important. I don't think a lot of people realize how, how important that is like to have somebody like poo on your team. It's, it's uh it goes a long way mentally, you know, and relationship wise. Um, but yeah, he played at Montverde. I mean, come on now, let's, let's be real guys. That's not a, that's not a, a high school basketball program. That's, you know, for scrubs, like, you yeah, know, top yeah. to Montverde. So <laughs> he knows, he knows what he's doing out there on the court. Um, so shout out to Pooh, man. I hope he he stays the, the rest of his his career here at UCF. 
Yeah. Shout out to him for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you got that mentality about him. He's a great guy. Michael. Yeah. I'm moving on to baseball. What are your thoughts on the season? How do you think we're doing in your opinion? <laughs> Guys, I, I might be, you know, a little bit pessimistic here, but I, the season's kind of over. It's, it's kind of a wrap and um, you have to start thinking the way the team is performing now. Yeah, they could turn it around, but we've also been hearing from head coach Love Lady. Yeah, well, we could, you know, we just got to turn it around, take, you know, it's all about the process, next game, next game mentality, but there hasn't been a turn yet. So at this point of the season, we're just a little bit over halfway of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are, you are who you are. You are who you are as a team. I mean, for us, for, for UCF to turn it around, it's – they, they really got to come on. They really have to turn it up. Um, now they we're talking about stealing series away to USF, a team that, you know, uh, won a series at UCF. You know, going to Houston, you know, um, going there and stealing a series. Um, you're going to have to do, a, you know, some miracle work here to, to kind of turn the season around. And, and this is all to make a regional. You know, that, that's what you're really yeah. fighting for. You want to make a regional. That's... That should be the standard for UCF baseball. It absolutely should. And if they don't meet that standard, it's going to be, it's going to be very sad. Um, obviously with all the scrutiny going on around the uh, baseball program, but yeah, the season's not looking good. Um, my opinion is they are who they are. You look at the numbers. Um, I would say 10, 10 days ago, 10 games ago, 10 games ago for UCF. If you look at their batting averages, you can see a very, very, steep decline very steep decline in batting average and we're i'm not sure exactly what happened there if there's just something you know not clicking mentally or Mm -hmm. whatever it is maybe the allegations with the program and whatnot i'm not sure but you could just tell that it's not trending upwards so it's going to be a it's going to be sad seeing ucf baseball ending this the season on a on a bad note, but like you guys said, um, you know, baseball, anything can happen. Yeah. So come around tournament time, come around, uh, AAC tournament time. Could they make a run? Yeah, they can make a run, but they're, like I said, they're going to have to put in some work. Do you think that Citronaut Saturdays are a cause of this? Oof. Uh, <laughs> if you left it up to me, I'd get rid of those uniforms. <laughs> I think I think once a year is is sufficient. Uh, Citronaut Saturday could have been just a one year thing, uh, one one game thing, right for the season, and leave it at that, and stick to the Knights, stick to the Pegasus, and keep it pushing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, in and the uniforms aren't bad looking. Like I think they look they look cool in my opinion, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, nothing to do with the uniforms. Even though as much as we want to blame the uniforms. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't think Citron on Saturdays should have been Saturdays. It should have just been one Saturday. Yeah, or maybe like one, like one yeah, Saturday just, every month. Yeah, like, just on special dates, you know, like oh, we have you know Citronaut Day today, and then I don't know, you know, just make it a little bit, uh, you know, spread out. Don't do it every Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, uh, you were a student at UCF, and you graduated from UCF, right? Negative. I'm still at UCF. Oh, you're still at UCF. Okay. Yeah, so I graduate in December. Uh, okay. I mean, so, yeah. Well, either way, what's your favorite thing to do at UCF? Oof. Favorite thing to do at UCF. Let's see. Let's see. Wow. I'm such a bad student. <laughs> I find myself, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I find myself going to class and leaving campus immediately. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's me. But, um, the times that I've been, like that I've hung out at UCF for, you know, maybe after hours, I, I go to Memory Mall, uh, do some activities with, with clubs out there. Uh, you know, obviously, I like some of my classes. Uh, the library is always a good hangout spot to study, you know. Great but thing. yeah, uh, student union, you know. But yeah, I, I really find myself going to, to campus, going to class. And getting on my getting my car and coming back to to the house. But uh, as far as you know, going to sporting events, obviously, you know, being in the addition 
financial arena, you know, being in the bounce house, that's all great. You know, seeing, being around all the sporting events. Um, but if I have to pick one thing, you know, I, I, it took me a minute to, to think of this one, but I love Burger U. I love eating at Burger U. <laughs> <laughs> great, great place. What about Gringos? Oh, Gringos. That's okay. a classic. That's a staple. <laughs> staple. That's actually one of the first, uh, few things that I got introduced to when I came to UCF. Was <laughs> great first impressions there. And, uh, so Leo, what are you majoring in? Uh, two majors. So I'm doing journalism and Spanish. So. Awesome. <laughs> there we go. That's great stuff. Michael, do you have a question? No, I'm good. No? On that. Okay. So yeah. Um, one of my next questions for you would be, um, just kind of tell us what it's like to be inside of each press conference room. Man, it's, uh, I'll tell you what it was like when I first went into one. Um, cause it's, it's changed so much. My per- perception of press conferences have changed from the first time I've I went to one to, to now first one was, man, I was in, it was intimidating. Like you're going to press conference interviewing Johnny Dawkins who played in the NBA. Now is coaching division one basketball for however many years you got Taylor Hendricks in front of you. You got a perennial, you know, first round pick and you got to make sure you're asking the right questions. You don't want to go in there, you know, asking nonsense. So yeah, I'm, I'm going in there in my first press conference. I, you know, I'm making sure I, I don't look like a fool, so obviously it's a little bit nerve wracking um, the first few times. Once you've been to 10 plus, it's, you know, it's kind of like muscle memory. You just, you feel like you're a part of the beat. You make friends with, you know, uh, all the journalists around you um, who are great. You know, I have nothing but respect to, to those, those guys like Jason Beatty. He's, he's phenomenal. Um, and yeah, now, to me, it's, it feels amazing. Like, you know, like just being in a press conference, talking sports with, with coaches, you know, players, asking them the questions fans have on their, in their minds. You know, I think that's important too. When I'm, when I'm there, I'm always thinking, okay, what would the fan want to know? Obviously there's a little bit of a gray line because obviously fans want to know what plays and, you know, certain details, but you can't, so you got to kind of work the questions in how they would like to answer. Cause that's, ultimately what it is you want to ask questions that um the coaches are going to be comfortable answering so yeah yeah, it's it's great overall that's awesome and you know you're kind of the first journalist that we were able to have on and you know i love it like that is something that i'm kind of exploring myself and to hear you be able to you know say it's kind of nerve-wracking you know you don't know what you're getting yourself into and you ask the hard questions you get it done leo and we love seeing it um but yeah michael what were you gonna say were you able to go to the pro- nfl pro day this year yes yes i was uh that, like? that was a, that was um probably a peak experience i've done a lot of a neat things since i joined the suns and that was really really unique just being around nfl scouts you know it's a serious environment the players are locked in you see how serious they are when they line up for the 40 you know doing shuttle sprints and all that and it's, you know, it's their careers on the line, pretty much, you know, they're, they're working for uh, a chance of getting drafted. So it was really cool seeing guys like Montavo, uh, Devon Wilson out there. Those are players that have a great chance of, you know, having a, a good pro career and Alex Ward as well. So, uh, no, there's, there's a lot of UCF Knights that could that could have long, uh, long NFL careers that they apply themselves. So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome stuff. And I mean, that's just so amazing that you were able to go to that. Um, if we could get back, like you're kind of mentioning the NFL pro day, one more question I kind of have about football. Um, so <laughs> the first time I kind of really saw you, uh, there was a UCF nights thing where they were talking about hot takes. Right. And I said, JRP is winning Heisman. <laughs> um, obviously that was, that was kind of a joke. I didn't actually think that, but, you know, and I got to respect you for just shaking your head. No, and immediately moving on, um, you know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. fine in itself. But um, my question to you would be, how well do you actually see him playing the season? And could you see um, another QB maybe coming in for him? So with JRP is if he does make the strides that he needs to, uh, I don't discard that players can improve in the offseason. I really don't. I think that if JRP actually put in the work in the offseason and improved and Hinshaw is putting him in the right position to succeed, I think he's the right man for the job. Why not, right? There's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done, and he's working hand-in-hand hand with him. But JRP, man, he he can he can be QB1 for the rest of the season if he, if he wants. Um, 
I also see see it from the point if he does start doing bad, right? He is still somebody that can contribute to the football team. I don't care if let's say he starts off with a really bad slump, you know, he's throwing interceptions, throwing the ball over, just not throwing the ball well. You have to make the call as an offensive coordinator and Hinshaw. You know, you see him struggling. I think it's time to move on to QB2 to just to see what he's got, right? Mm-hmm. But JRP can contribute in other ways. And I really hope this does not go past any of the coaches' heads. You line him up at a slot receiver position or, you know, put him in motion, a gadget guy. He can get the job done. He's got legs. Why couldn't he, why couldn't he be a running back? He could definitely be a trick play running back if he wants, if he wants to run a wildcat he can definitely be a contributor so just because things go south for example for jrp if if they go south if they go south there is no reason he should hang his head he can still contribute and i think coach inshaw knows that but yeah uh jrp if he works hard and he gets things done i think he could be qb1 the rest of the year but we'll see yeah, awesome stuff. He has great work ethic, especially playing baseball Definitely. and playing football. Um, it's really cool to see. And uh, this is more of a personal question. I was able to see that uh, you were an Army like veteran. And yeah. I, I just want to first off say thank you for your service. And also, I just wanted to ask, what did you do inside of the Army? Well, thank, first of all, I appreciate the support. Every every time somebody says that, you know, it's uh, not common people say that. So I really appreciate that, Nick. Um, yeah, I, was, I served in the Army for four years. Um, I was a logistician. Basically, I was in charge of moving uh, supplies from point A to point B. It's probably the best, the most simple way I can describe it. Um, and I got to to meet some really uh, cool people and uh, had some really neat experiences and traveling in, in the army. So definitely don't regret that. So you know, <laughs> a lot of people might see me. Um, they might think, oh yeah, he's just a college student, 21, 22. But you know, I'm, uh, in reality, I'm a little older than that. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, but no, it feels great just, you know, being in college, having the opportunity to, you know, leave the military and focus on my education and finding something that I love doing, which is this and, you know, being able to do it with you guys. So, oh, thank you, man. That making me blush over here for sure. (laughs) But um, I will say, uh, other than seeing that you're an army vet, I was also able to see that you are a New York Giants fan and, you know, you're you're kind of liking some New York teams. Um, How are you feeling about the Giants season? Ah, uh, the Giants this year, it's going to be tricky because obviously we made this the step forward this past season. We, <laughs> we made the playoffs. We won a playoff game. Coach of the year in Brian Dable. That's all great, right? So <laughs> let's not go into this next season thinking that it's going to be sunshine and rainbows immediately just because that you had that one season. We gave Daniel Jones a good contract. All right, now show us that you're worth the money. So I think – he does. I think he does show us that he's worth that money. But you know what? I'm just going to eat my words. I think he will show us. And if he doesn't, <laughs> you guys can, you know, put this up on the internet and put it right, <laughs> here, right here. But I do think DJ will show that he is worth that money. He's a, he's a serious guy. He's about, he's about his, about his business. So. All right. All right. Uh, I like you. And I know you may start to kind of like us, but Michael here, I'm a huge Boston fan. you're a you're a patriots fan right yep Uh, it's all good i have i have nothing against the patriots beat twice in the super bowl there's (laughs) there's nothing there that i have that on us i'll admit two super bowl wins (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could easily hate you know boston and tom brady and whatnot just because of my love for the yankees and i hate the red Sox and all that but (laughs) really you know what you know, uh, shout out to the go. I do admit that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, respect to, to New England because you know what? Bill Belichick is one of my favorite all-time coaches because he coached the Giants back in 86 yep. and 90 as a defensive coordinator. So he's uh, he has a special place in my heart. So. <laughs> Tom Brady and then Eli Manning, I'm sure for Leo. But <laughs> what I will say is uh, my last question before we let you go. Um, I'm kind of starting to ask a few of the guests this because I think it's a cool question. Um, who is the most famous contact in your phone? Most famous contact. Wow. <laughs> Let's see. Wow, you're, you got me thinking on this one. I could say two. I could say two. I could right. say 
either Shaquem Griffin or Trace Choco. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That is... Hey, that made, me almost, that made me almost forget one of my questions. So today he posted on uh, or Sons of UCF. I don't know who posted it, but they were like, hey, we're doing this live stream tonight comment some questions right so you know i gotta hit them with a question that's kind of right, right. whatever um so i say like what's it like to be so gosh darn legendary <laughs> asking for a friend and trace replies with a question mark and i'm like okay maybe i don't know so then i i, I say what's it like to be a legend in the ucf community and he says nah <laughs> like nah period you know and, if there's one thing about trace is his humbleness will just shine over everything but, so it's not that trace doesn't like me right <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah no yeah knowing trace no it's not that he's uh <laughs> very simple with his words he gets things across very you know uh in a timely manner so you know he doesn't uh you know ramble on he'll just nah yes no okay <laughs> he's, uh, straightforward straightforward very very straightforward great guy so, he's always He's yeah, and he's always having a uh, Seinfeld, you know, trivia, and I always just want to comment Seinfeld for every single one of them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I can contain the urges and I move on. But um, that's gonna do it for this special episode with Leo Rodriguez, one of uh, you know, he's on one of the biggest podcasts for UCF, a bigger sports podcast that's out there slash show, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you know, with him, we got to talk about his journalism and everything like that, and. We respect you so much, and I just want to say on the podcast, he's been very helpful with, uh, you know, getting back and forth between us, and he's also, uh, you know, it's been very, very nice to me, and I really appreciate that, and for you to come on our show and give up your time, it really means the world to us, so um, Michael, do you have anything else you want to say? Thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for your service, and it's great having you on, and we hope to have you on in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Yeah, of course. Hey guys, we are proud to announce that we got our first sponsor, Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink that is made to give you focus with no crash, jitters, or angst like other energy drinks. Dubby contains no calories, no sugars, no fillers, no artificial colors, and no maltodextrin. Make sure to use our code against the call for 10% off your next purchase at www.dubby.gg.